The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your DFS preview for this week's American Express. Joining me to break it all down, Sia Nishad is here. Sia, hello. Hello, everyone. Shout out, quick shout out to this show. You know, we do this on Monday, so some of our stuff might get lost in the shuffle as the days go by, but you two were really big on Taylor Montgomery, Hayden Buckley. We as a group spent a lot of time on Siwoo Kim uh, last week on our Monday DFS show, so... uh Props to the first cut. I thought we did a good job last week. Uh, we had it peppered. We certainly had it peppered. I drafted a lot of Hayden Buckley, a lot of Taylor Montgomery in my season-long fantasy leagues, and I won seven of my nine matchups last week. So Wow. Yeah. No yeah. no kidding. Hope we can keep that, that going. Greg Ducharme is here. Greg, hey, dude. Hey, dudes. <laughs> uh, I'm really excited this week to keep up the hot streak, if you will. Uh, unfortunately, we weren't on Siwoo uh, until, you know, the tournament began. Uh, but hopefully this week we get the winner right from the get go, right from Monday night. So I- I'm really looking forward to it. I had that Hayden Buckley 95 to one ticket. I, I just ripped it in half, used it to wipe my tears away, dabbed, dabbed each eye. And then now I'm ready to move on. I'm ready for uh, the odds only matter if you win, Rick. Isn't that amazing how that works? Only matter. Amazing. The American Express, the worst name tournament on the entire schedule. Here it is. Uh, we finally made it. And this is not your normal event because we are in course rotation season. Eight different courses in play over the next three weeks, three of them in play this week. Before we get into the characters and traits and differences and similarities between these golf courses. See, uh, this does change the strategy a little bit. Uh, the way it's going to work is that everybody's going to play one round at each of the three golf courses. There will be a 54, hear me again, 54 hole cut, and they will all return to play the host course, the stadium course on Sunday. So little bit of strategy differences for this week. Yeah, it's going to be really unique. I mean, it, it's also unique to have. Is this the only one where we have a 54 hole cut? There's Pebble. a few of them, right? Pebble. Pebble. Okay, the same there thing. we go. Uh, in a couple of weeks. So, yeah, I mean, that's really interesting. I, you know, it's kind of nice maybe to not have a, a Friday cut sweat. You know, you get to kind of extend it to Saturday. But 
it's unique in so many different ways. Obviously, three different courses that are kind of similar, but, you know, hazards different on on each one. I suppose you could say one playing probably easier than the other two or well easier than the other two. But, you know, weather comes into play a little bit. So it's just one of those things. I almost feel like there's probably a little bit more luck involved just circumstantially when it comes to a tournament like this. Uh, With that said, there are a lot of similarities across the three. So I think... You know, we do have a decent amount of information. Unfortunately, we don't have shot link other than having it at the stadium course. So, you know, that's kind of annoying, but we, we certainly have a lot to go on. I, you know, personally, I think the course rotation thing is, is pretty annoying, but whatever. We, we get a few weeks of it and then it's gone, essentially. I think that uh, Sia kind of getting to why so many long shots have won here. It's just weird. There's a lot of luck involved. Um, I mean, what Hudson Swafford was a hundred to one. Adam Long was like five hundred to one when he won this thing. Andrew Landry, I think, was like two hundred to one when he won this. So, I mean, it does kind of breed a little bit of chaos, Greg. And you've got three course, courses. It's I mean, it's desert golf. So, I'll, we'll go through the three courses here. So, the 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 stadium course. You might see this listed as PGA West stadium uh you might see it listed as pete die stadium course that's one that's the host course we'll get two rounds there then you have the nicholas tournament course and then la quinta la quinta is the one that generally plays the easiest yes uh and all three are easy when it comes to the pga tour last year uh, they were all out you know outside the top 37 in difficulty out of 50 golf courses on the pga tour so they definitely rate on the easy side and i think a big factor in that is they're all par 72 and they're all under 7200 yards between seven and 7200 yards so when you have that kind of yardage which is short uh, regardless of par you add par 72 to the mix and you add the altitude um, typically you get really nice weather conditions. Uh, it's kind of Palm Springs are kind of like dome golf, uh, if you will. Maybe the fans blowing a little bit here and there, but for the most part, the weather's pretty good. So you don't have to worry about a draw. You don't have to worry about tee times. Uh, I think all that stuff is kind of luck of the draw if one course and it's happened in the past where one day one course played extremely difficult and and there was definitely a good side of the draw but i think it's really difficult really challenging to predict so um i i agree with the sentiment that there's a little bit of luck um i and but really when it comes to these long shots and everybody really being in play i think a lot of that has to do with the yardage of the golf course um the scorable nature of the par fives and and, and at the same time, they're they're challenging golf courses. Um, so if you're off your game, you can really struggle. But if you're if you're feeling it and you're playing some good golf, you can make a ton of birdies. Um, and that's that's really where the setup kind of gets a little unique. Very nice time of year to play golf in Palm Springs. So it'd be like mid sixties all week long. Not a lot of winds. Go out there and get it. Yeah, I mean, if you're up here in the Northeast, there's some <laughs> domes, you know, indoor dome driving ranges where you're hitting into a net, but it's a little farther away. Um, they may have a fan on in the ceiling to keep the little airflow mm-hmm. um, and they're going to keep it a little cooler. And that's what you're going to get in Palm Springs. It's <laughs> it's like a like a dome with a little sunshine. So, yeah, it's it's a good time to time of year to play golf there. 
Stadium course last year, the most difficult, though not difficult, played 1.4 strokes under par. The Nicholas Tournament course played 1.7 under par. La Quinta played two strokes under par. So that was how everything shook out last year. What we'll do uh, is we will roll tier by tier through this board, find the best, potentially the worst options. I will say before we do that, uh, the one and done link for you, the fans, is now live. There's a link in the description. Get your vote in so that you can get your golfer for this week and hopefully earn whatever's first place is 1.4, 1.5 million bucks, something like that. And you can add that to your total and try to track down Mark and Kyle. We're going to hit the cheat sheet, but first we'll take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Those numbers do not add up to me, and I know it can be confusing, the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple, and that's where Superfeet comes into play. These Superfeet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most, and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking a, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I, I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, they've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as, as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there. And I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now here's what you can do for four, our listeners, uh, first time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. And we're back. Here it is. My website, rickrungood.com. See ya. Five of them. Five golfers over 10K. John Rom, Scotty Scheffler, Tony Finau, Patrick Cantlay, Xander Shoffley. Let's be real. This is a pretty strong field. Five of the top yeah. seven. Uh, add in a couple more of our favorites. And this is looking better than any American Express slash Desert Classic slash Humana Challenge slash Career Builder slash whatever else that I can remember. 
as much as I like the eight and nine K range, like I have to admit that there is so much win equity in, in this top five here. And it's really hard to parse through who I like better than the other, because they're all so elite. I mean, I think Xander is an open question because of the back injury. Um, for me, I'm going to play Xander just like, and I'm not saying I'm right or wrong or that I was previously right or wrong, but I'm going to play Xander just like I played Will Zalatoris, which means I'm not going to play him. If somebody wants to play him, I totally get it. But, you know, my take on that is he clearly had a back injury and I don't know what he's done between that point in time and the point in time that he's going to tee it up on Thursday. And it would, and for me, it'd be one thing if Xander was like the class of the field and he was going up against a bunch of, I don't know, Sam Burns's, Brian Harmon's and Sahit the Galas, but that's not the case here. So I'm going to go ahead and fade Xander unless his ownership is extremely low, which I seriously doubt. For, go ahead. Let me just throw a, a little in, in update out here on, on Xander. So obviously uh, plays the tournament of champions. The back was a question mark leading into it. It actually led Mark Immelman to secretly change his one and done selection, which we will not let him forget. Uh, he ends up withdrawing from that event. There was a, a report from Todd Lewis just a couple of days ago. In the meantime, uh, Xander has had tests on his back. He has had treatment on the back and is apparently obviously feeling good enough to go this week. I don't know what that means to you, but that's, that's the latest. Wait, who was the report from? I think it was Todd Lewis for the golf channel. Wasn't it? Oh, I thought you said Tom Lewis, the golfer. And I was like, <laughs> is he a reporter? No, I haven't seen no, him. If months. you're getting breaking news from Tom Lewis, we're in big trouble. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So the guys I, I like up here, I mean, it, John Rahm, you know, the first thing I think of with him is of course, you know, muttering to himself and just hating the fact that this is a putting contest, but you know, last I checked, John Rahm was was pretty terrific with the putter, as we see up here on rickrungood.com. I hope you guys are all watching. Guys and girls are watching us on YouTube. Hit the like button if you would. But this putter is pretty amazing, and he's playing better than anybody in the world, in my opinion. I don't think that's a really controversial statement. Do I want to take him here necessarily? Not necessarily on, on like an easier layout, but, I, you know, we're talking about the 10K range. The two guys I like. Well, the two guys I like the best are Tony Finau and Patrick Cantlay, to be honest with you. But between Rahm and Cantlay, I think I could go either way. Um, I just I, I love Tony Finau scoring Cantlay. The only issue I have with him is, is as we're about to see here, the approach play has been, I guess, a little sketchy. But again, it's Patrick Cantlay. I'm not super worried about it. Um, I, 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 Cantlay's history here, of course, is great. The, the opportunities he creates for himself are really great. So I like those three. Cantlay, probably my favorite. <laughs> So John Rom Greg has won three times, thrice, as they say, in his last five starts worldwide, obviously including the Century Tournament of Champions. You've got Tony Fee now with a couple wins in the bag as of late. Patrick Cantlay, who's been amazing here in Palm Springs. I mean, there's just there's just a lot happening in the 10K range. When you get five of the top seven players in the world, that's gonna happen, but we gotta start making some decisions. Yes, um, we do. Uh, at some point, we have to make some decisions here. Uh, and I mean, Scotty Scheffler isn't even mentioned here. He yeah, uh, All he does is contend, <laughs> right? He, he just contends every week. His name is on top of the leaderboard or near it every week at some point. So Scotty is definitely a viable option as well. And I think this is an extremely difficult uh, area to parse through. So if if you're looking at John Rahm and you're thinking, well, maybe I should go a different direction, 
the what would the what would the reason be? Well, it has nothing to do with his history here because it's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and we know last year the putter kind of let him down, starting with this event. Uh, but that has definitely reemerged. So if you're going to look for a reason to get away from John Rahm, it's maybe because he lost almost three strokes approaching the green at at the Century Tournament of Champions. Now he won that event, so <laughs> it's. A challenge. It's a challenge, but I really like approach play here. I, I think I think it's a great metric to look at. It is just about every week, but when you start getting into a birdie fest, I really hone in on approach play and putting. And there'll be some other events in this West Coast swing where I vary from that a little bit. Um, Riviera and Tory tend to tend to lend themselves to a little more short game, maybe a little more driving ability, things like that. So uh, I, I think you're definitely safe to play John Rom. The reason you might not is, I mean, let's be honest. It's just, it would be boredom. You don't want to play him every week or you're worried that everybody's going to play him. And that's not really a great basis for making decisions. Scotty Scheffler, on the other hand, there may be a real legitimate worry uh, with the flat stick, but... What do we see? Well, he gains nearly three strokes putting at the Century Tournament of Champions. So is that better? Um, It's up in the air. But I know this. He contends every week, so I'm fine with playing him. Uh, Sia did a nice job talking about Tony Finau. He feels like he's ready to go on another run, and and I love that aspect. So Xander's the odd man out here. I'm with you. I'm not going to play Xander. Uh, I love Cam. The top four, I love. So what I'm going to do with the top four is I'm going to set the rest of my lineup, and I'm going to see what I have left. And I'm going to make a decision based on simply pricing. How how do I leave a couple bucks on the table? And my order is probably, I, I think it's best to just rank these guys. Mm-hmm. And I think the order is Rom, Cantlay, Scheffler, Fino, which is hard to do. It's hard to put Tony Fino in the four spots. Tough. Yeah, it's hard to do. But you got to make you got to make some choices somehow. It just feels like the perfect event for Patrick Cantlay, and that's why I think he moves up to the two hole. Um, he always plays well here. It's a it's a pro am pace of play is a little slower. That's not a problem for Patrick Cantlay at all. No. It's not going to be a problem for any of them. But it, it just feels very comfortable for him, uh, and I think. Then the the last piece I'll add on Cantlay, which is why he's in the two hole for me, is uh, the ability to get scorching hot with the putter. Uh, and that ability for him is better than anybody else in this field. His ceiling with the flat stick is higher than anybody else here. Um, I mean, And I included Denny McCarthy in that, right? This is, he, he can just absolutely go on a tear. And I, I think it, there's a lot of value with him being at 10-1. Statistically, last 36 rounds, John Rahm, number one, 2.3 strokes gained per round. Tony Finau, two, that's 2.1. Then Xander, obviously, though, dealing with uh, some lingering back concerns. Taylor Montgomery, number four. Then Patrick Cantlay is number five. Scotty Scheffler shows up eighth on that list. Those are the four, or excuse me, the five guys over 10K. So they're all within the top eight of strokes gained in the last 36, if you care about that. And then you can kind of figure out which order that you want to put them in. The nines are yoked. I love the nines. <laughs> Sung J M ninety eight hundred. Will Zaltor is ninety six. Tom Kim 
30% owned highest guy on the slate last week. Missed the cut, $9,500. Sam Burns, 94. Brian Harmon, 93. Siwoo, 92. Cam Young, 91. And then Aaron Wise at a flat 9,000. So, Sia, the two highest owned golfers on the slate last week, Tom Kim, Sung J.M., both missed the cut both in the $9,000 range. They are surrounded by some interesting options like our champion from last week, like a couple of young popular guys in Cam Young and Aaron Wise. What is going to happen with this 9K range in terms of public perception and the way these guys get rolled out? That's a really good question. And I think people are going to go right back to Sung JM and Tom Kim, to be honest with you. I don't really see a, a, a true reason to get away from them. I, I think you can make the argument against Sung Jay because if you wanted to, because the approach play has been, you know, I suppose a little sketchy. Over the last few tournaments, we saw how much he lost at the CJ Cup, which, you know, of course, was a long time ago, but then a pretty horrific time at the Sony Open from a ball striking standpoint. I mean, this kind of plays into the whole um, strokes gained marriage narrative that I introduced a couple of weeks ago before the century. I mean, that that could be an issue here. Yeah, I know that guy who won last week who just got married is really, really going into your narrative so well. <laughs> well, listen, we know, we'll see, Rick, we know that it's 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 a seven-year itch, but sometimes it's a seven-day itch, and then they it, things just start tumbling down. So I, I really think this is reflective of, of, the, uh, of the vows here. Yes, I'm joking, obviously. of course. Listen, I'm joking. But, but no, in all seriousness, like the approach play is a little sketchy. If you wanted to make an argument against them, I, I'm not going to make that argument. I like Sungjae and Tom Kim quite a bit, and if I think I'm getting an ownership discount, all the better. The problem is, I don't think I am because I think a lot you can you can make more arguments against everybody else in the 9K range easier than you can against those two guys. So, I mean, for me, the, the guys I like the most would probably be Tom Kim, Sung Jae M and Siwoo Kim, to be honest with you. And part of the reason is like the, the approach play. Sung Jae a little checkered, but the other two can get red hot on approach. They can get hot with the putter. And I don't have as many questions with those three as I do some of the other people in this range. The. Two different styles of missed cuts last week, Greg, where Sungjae loses nearly four strokes in the ball striking categories, and he's kind of been cooling with the putter anyway. And then Tom Kim, who was horrendous. He lost nearly seven strokes putting, his worst putting, the worst putting performance of his career, uh, one of the worst of the season, most of it coming on Thursday, but he was the 12th best ball striker in the field over the first two rounds. So th they feel like very different kind of miscuts. Yes, they do. Um, and we've talked about this on, on this show a lot regarding Sungjae. Sungjae is a guy that shows you when it's coming. So he's not a guy that I typically want to get out in front of, want to get, uh, go early on. He has a tendency of building, showing you a little sign with the approach play. Uh, he's always usually pretty good off the tee, but uh, he'll show you some signs with the putter and then he pops and he's close. Um, and then he can play well for a while. I, I So I don't, just as a general rule, I don't bet early on Sungjae. I, I let that build. Um, and I'm concerned with last week's performance. I was very high on him last week. It didn't go the way that I hoped. Um, so that's unfortunate. I'm going to take a break on him this week. Tom Kim, on the other hand, I'm very willing to go back to because of the way you mentioned it. He hit the ball really well and putted very poorly. And now we're getting off of Hawaii and going to a place with, although they're still Bermuda grass greens, uh, it's going to be a little bit of a different feel. Uh, and I think he's going to figure that out, turn it around, use last weekend to um, get a get a 
clear idea of what he's got to do with the putter because uh, it's a great putting stroke. It's a, it's a phenomenal putting stroke, and I think it'll be a very easy fix for him. So I'm willing, able, and possibly going to, at least to some degree, go back to, to Tom Kim. Um, before I get to my favorite in this, my two favorites in this range, I just want to talk about Siwoo. Please. Um, I am less eager to go to Siwoo. I know we've had this trend of back-to-back winners. Our guys have this tendency. <laughs> These narratives I'm hearing on the show are just <laughs> crashing and burning. Um, Siwoo has never made the cut the week after a win. It's won four times. I know they're spread out over a long period of time, but after every single win in his entire career, he's missed the cut. And this, although it's a 54-hole cut, I think it's one of the easiest cuts to miss because you have to make so many birdies just to just to make the cut for Sunday. And I could see... I could see Siwoo struggling a little bit. I, I don't think you're going to see another uh, eight strokes gained approaching the green, partially because two of the rounds aren't going to count. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's such a so sick I'm, little, that's yeah. so sick. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So I, I am very, com- <laughs> I'm, I'm very confident in that one. Could you imagine could, if he just <laughs> snaps off four and four? <laughs> oh, that Well, that would make, mean he made the cut, which would be nice. Oh but I, I'm willing to just write write that off because this range is so strong. So I can say, all right, uh, I'm out on Sung Jay. I want to see him build a little bit. I'm comfortable there with Siwoo. He's not going to gain eight strokes approaching the green. So I'm very comfortable in bailing. And he's never made the cut before after after a win. So I'm comfortable with that. Now, my two favorite plays. Before you do that, Greg, yeah. uh, one little nugget on Siwoo. So he, he won last week, obviously. Gains less than a stroke putting that was since the start of 2020 the seventh fewest strokes gained putting by a winner he hit it well pretty hard to do yeah he hit the hit the cover off it okay sorry yeah you're up uh that's phenomenal well there are there's another guy that hits the cover off of it who i really like playing here I'm sure he's going to be popular, but I love playing uh, Will Zalatoris. Uh, I'm very confident in what he's doing with the swing because I think he's really confident. I liked what I saw on the greens at the Century Tournament of Champions. I think he is a lot healthier than people think. Um, and and I think that question has really been answered. And he's, figure out, he's figured out the uh, pieces to the puzzle. Um, and so I, I love what I saw from him. He also, he came in tied six last year and lost a shot and a half putting. And I think he's a better putter this time this year than he was this time last year. So I, I have some confidence that he'll turn it around again. He, he lost a shot and a half putting in, in just those two rounds at the stadium course. Look at the, uh, look at the trip. I agree with you, Greg. This is, this is a pretty good stat profile. I also think he's a lot healthier than people are giving him, giving him credit for. And 
he gained basically a stroke off the tee every round of Tournament of Champions. He knocked the rust off. He was pretty sour on the second shot on Thursday and Friday, figured it out on Saturday and Sunday, putted well throughout the week. I'm I'm with you. I, I actually, um, I don't think he's opened here in Vegas yet. I'd have to check, but uh, I saw 22 to one and like, I'll be all over it. Yeah. And I, I think there's a real chance that he can win here. Um, I know long shots typically win, but you've seen Cantlay and Rom is one uh, and, and a lot of big heavy hitters have been at least close. So I, I think I could see Will Zalatoris being very live come Sunday. Um, one last guy I like in this range. So right now I like I I'm willing to go back to Tom Kim. I love Zalatoris and I really like Brian Harmon as well. Um I I this is the thing the the trend has kind of gone the other way. He came in second at the RSM before the break, tied 16th at the Century Tournament of Champions, tied 32nd at the Sony, but he's doing he's driving the ball really well, which when Brian Harmon plays well, he drives it well. And I think there's r- room for improvement on the greens, uh, which he's very capable of. So I, I am not worried about that at all. And he's also played great here. Uh, he's finished third twice. He was tied eighth in 2021. Um, so his last three starts here, tied 21st, tied eighth, and tied third. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of Brian Harmon this week as well. The thing is, Greg, he lost nearly two strokes on approach at Wiley. He's never been good at Wiley. Like he, like that is like I don't think that's a good spot for him. Or at least he's lost strokes on approach in like his last four trips there. This is a much better spot for him. Yeah, I would agree. He seems to really like it. And again, his style is perfect here. It's you don't need to be long. There's no advantage for distance, other than the advantage that always is there with distance. Yeah. <laughs> there, but that's, that's no not unique to Brian Harmon. He deals with that right. every single week. Right, right. It, it's uh, it, it's a great setup for him. You can overcome a distance challenge, I guess is the better way to say that. Uh, and you got to fill it up on the greens. You got to make a lot of putts and he can do that. He is not afraid of uh, holding his breath when he gets well under par. Um, so I, I don't worry about scoring from his perspective at all either. I mean, before we get out of this 9K range, see ya. I mean, do we need to talk about Sam Burns? Do we need to talk about Cam Young, Aaron Wise? I mean, this is a pretty this is a pretty jacked tier of pricing. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting because those guys will go kind of under own because I I think the conventional wisdom there, whether it's wisdom or not, is a different question, but is going to be, well, it's not really the perfect course fit for those guys. Like Cameron Young comes to mind where I think his ownership is just going to be lower than people think. But, I mean, the upside is certainly there uh, for both of those guys. Yeah. Sam Burns, I'm kind of out on. Um, but Cameron Young makes a lot of sense, especially if he's going to be, and I don't know this for a fact, but especially if he's going to be lower owned than, let's say, Tom Kim, Sung J.M., even Brian Harmon, some of those guys that we've already talked about. Makes a lot of birdies, Greg. Cameron. Yes, yeah, I know. I know it. it. And he can play well on any style. So I don't know if I buy the course fit narrative for him. It just... It it I don't I didn't mention his name because for that reason it doesn't feel like a good course fit so you don't want to you know waste your nine k guy waste waste <laughs> your nine k guy on Cam Young because a Zalatoris or or a, or a Brian Harmon looks so good and maybe you think Siwoo is better looking than I do maybe you think Tom Kim is better looking than I do. I, there's there's just a lot of options, and I, I feel like Cam Young gets weaseled out, but he probably shouldn't. <laughs> 
Yeah. Hey, real quick, speaking of course fit, you know, and it's not that I don't think Aaron Wise is a good course fit, but because of his track record here being so bad, this would be a good time to probably take a shot on an Aaron Wise that's usually really popular, but likely isn't popular this week. He's a great price. He's missed three cuts in a row here, but I, at the same time, he's certainly a different golfer now than he he was the last time he missed a cut here, which was two years ago in 2021. So I just think that's an interesting possible ownership leverage play along with the plays we just talked about. Okay, let's roll on. The eights, uh, we'll do that. Then we'll find some value in the sevens and the sixes. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. And we're back. All right. The $8,000 range. This is pretty good, too. Taylor Montgomery, Cam Davis, Andrew Putnam at the top. You know how many... Andrew B. Putnam or Andrew Ken Put Putnam jokes I had to deal with on Twitter last week. It was outrageous. Yeah, I'm sure. He's $8,700. He gained 10 strokes putting last week. Sahith Tagala, 86. Tom Hoagie, 84. KH Lee, 83. Adam Hadwin. Oh, he's pretty good here. 82. Wyndham Clark is 81. JT Poston and Taylor Pendrith round out the 8,000s at $8,000 flat. See, I'll bounce it right back to you. I was just getting caught up on all my text messages, and um, it seems like you've already picked the winner from this range. I have. Yes. And you're welcome, by the way. I've actually sent, just so everybody knows, I have sent Rick and Greg um, two different optimal lineups uh, for this week. They're definitely going to be the optimal. The only reason I had to send two as opposed to one was because somebody might withdraw or get injured. I can't anticipate that. So we're all going to be splitting at least $33,333. To that end, I'll just go ahead and let the cat out of the bag. There's three guys I like here. And the first one is Tom Hoagie. At 8,400, I mean, this feels like a misprice, which means he's, he might be a little popular here, but it, he sets up perfectly. Like any metric you look at that pertains to this particular course, especially, Rick, and I know you have upgraded Rick Rungood to go to that opportunities. Yeah. Can, can you show us that? Because I'm sure let's go last 36 rounds or however many rounds you want to go to. He's I- yeah, whatever whatever number of rounds you want to go to, Tom Hoagie is is on here. Uh, he's one of usually one of the top five in opportunities gained or plus opportunities gained. The approach play is pristine. He is going to create a lot of great opportunities. He's got good history here as well. He just seems like an obvious fit for this course. And you know, part of me wishes he was priced a little higher so he wouldn't be as popular. And I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. He won't be super popular. But eighty four hundred is a pretty great price for a guy that's recent form. 
and track record here has been really, really good. The other two guys I'll just mention real quick. KH Lee has a checkered history here, but I also think he's a different player and he's definitely a cut maker. And I don't want to just get a cut maker in the 8K range, but I also think he's a cut maker with upside. So at 8,300, I think he makes some sense. And then the final guy I'll talk about, which I'm assuming, I know Greg likes this guy pretty well, Rick, and you usually like him. It's going to be Cameron Davis at 8,800. I'm, you know, underwhelming last week. I'm, I'm willing to go back to him. It was just a bad putter for the most part. Ball striking was absolutely great for Cameron Davis. And I, I think this is just, as far as course fit, I think it's just fine for Cameron Davis. So those are the three I like the most. Drove it well, uh, hit it really well on Thursday. Wasn't as sharp the rest of the week, but he was he was okay. The putter kind of let him down. He lost strokes putting every single round last week at Wiley. Going to have to clean that up in this bleeping putting contest, says John Rahm. All right, Greg. Um, I kind of alluded to this. Like I hated Andrew Putnam last week. He was annoying. I was going up against him in a lot of matchups. He was, he should have missed the cut. It was over. He gained nine strokes putting between Friday and Saturday and 10 for the week. I kind of like him this week, right? I mean, like this is, it's a putting contest. This is what he does. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly the thing. And when we talk about uh, Cam Davis, I'll mention this as well, but Andrew Putnam had a ceiling putting performance last week, as you well know, Rick, but that's not an uncommon thing for him. It's like when Patrick Cantlay has a ceiling putting week. It's not out of the blue. It's not uh, like Kyle Stanley gained 10 strokes putting, (laughs) right? It's not a random thing. This is a great putter who putted great. (laughs) And that leads to gaining 10 strokes putting, but he always gained strokes putting. So I, th- I think uh, I'm, I'm with you. Andrew Putnam is a, a very viable option. Um, Look at his history too. So I'll put a cap on that. So last five, no worse than 34th. His last three is 14th, 21st and 10th. Yeah. And he has a good record here too. He's got a tied t- his last three starts tied 14th, tied 21st and tied 10th. Um, he, it, when it was the Humana Challenge in partnership with the Clinton Foundation, uh, that was back in 2015. He missed the cut. Um, ever since they changed the name, he's made the cut. There you go. Um, which is his worst finish is tied 34th. So this is definitely a comfortable spot for him. Uh, and I like that he can fill it up in a putting contest. Let me jump to Cam Davis. Um, now, again, Cam Davis similar to Andrew Putnam, is a very good putter. Now, he had a poor putting performance. Cam, uh, Andrew Putnam had a great putting performance. But when a great putter hits it really well, uh, I I think there's a real chance that they bounce back and putt better the next week. We haven't seen a string of inconsistent putting, and he has shown the ability time and time again last year to gain three, four, uh, three, two, three, four strokes put in uh, tournament after tournament. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm confident, confident enough to, to go in pretty heavy on Cam Davis that that putter turns around this week. Um, and, I, and I love what he's doing with the swing. Uh, I love what he did approaching the green last week. I feel very, very good about that. Um, and then I love Tom Hoagie as well. Um, he may win the thing. The more I look, I'm looking at Tom Hoagie and I'm saying, okay, well, this is one of the best iron players on the PGA tour. 
who is hitting it really well with his irons. And I like that combination. I like it quite a bit. Um, and also, he's been putting really well lately. So Tom Hoagie makes a ton of sense here. I don't need to spend any more air on that because I don't want ownership to get too high. <laughs> last but not least. Mm, yeah, last but not least in this range. Um, you may or may not know where I'm going. I haven't talked about this in a while, uh, but it is a man that I've once called the Desert Fox, <laughs> and that is Adam Hadwin. How would we not I, know that you were going to say I Adam Hadwin? <laughs> I knew exactly where you were going, but I forgot you called him the Desert Fox. <laughs> so even though I knew the the name that was going to come out, I still. I still got a nice. Yeah, it throw you throw you off guard a little bit. I forgot about the. <laughs> so, good. so the desert fox, the Canadian desert fox. I, I don't want to do any disrespect to Johnny Miller, who's the real desert fox. But Adam Hadwin's played great here. Um, in 2016, he was tied sixth. In 2017, he was second. In 2018, he was tied third. In 2019, he was tied second. Uh, the, and the last two years, tied twenty. Uh, tied 32nd and tied 25th, respectively. Um, what I'm saying is he's gotten robbed a whole bunch of times here. Uh, and it's time for Adam Hadwin to uh, have his due. And we haven't seen him so far this year, but in his last outing, he did gain 7.62 strokes approaching the green. Uh, and I, I think you're going to see Adam Hadwin come out rearing and ready to go uh, at a place that's quite comfortable for him. The pure robbery that was a 59, right, at this event. He oh. shot a 59, right? He didn't lip it out. No, he shot 59. Yeah, he's in the club. Yeah. Maybe that's another. Yeah, we got to I got to come up with some AKAs, AKA the Desert Fox, AKA yeah. Mr. 59. Right. <laughs> Yo, Adam AKA- Hadwin Loki has a lot of great nicknames. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come up with some more. God, that's so good. Um, I do not remember where I was going with this. Okay, so the, the rest of the, the rest of this this um, let me let me point out a couple of items. Sahith Tagala is eighty six hundred dollars. He's very very hard to figure out. You kind of just have to either be in on him or out on him and say, okay, sometimes he's going to burn me or not. So last thirty six rounds, his ceiling, which is you know five strokes gained or more in a round is the same as Patrick Cantlay's. His floor is the same as, oh boy, this is going to get ugly. Um, where was he? 56% like Ryan Moore, Adam Shank, Bo Hostler. <laughs> so that's what you're getting when you roster Sahith. I'm wrong every time on him. Yeah. So I uh, am in the out camp, but I love watching him and I root for him even if he's not in my lineup. I got one other guy I want to pick your brain on. Okay. What do you guys think about Wyndham Clark? Oh, I thought you were been playing that. better. I thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to say Taylor Pendrith, by the way, but Wyndham Clark's interesting. Wyndham Clark gains strokes both on approach and off the tee in each of his last three. His 2022 finish was great. Zozo T16, T29 at the CJ Cup. That's an elevated event, small field. T16 in Houston, T10 at the RSM Classic. That's a lot better than I would have expected, Greg. Yeah, and um, the only thing about that is that recent form goes back to November. So, like, uh, Wyndham Clark usually isn't that good of an iron player. So my 
question is, was that a, did he get hot for a couple weeks? Has that worn off or was it real? It, it wasn't long enough for me to say, Oh, he really made a change that's worked. Um, he's doing something different. That's working better. I don't know that, but what I love about him is his ceiling on the greens. Uh, he, he's another one of those guys that can putt like Andrew Putnam. Yeah. Look at this. Um, yeah, there it is. The RBC Canadian open. He gains 10 strokes. Um, you see the column. If you're watching on YouTube, the approach play is a lot more red than green of late. It's been a little more green, but I'm worried. I'm a little worried about the break. So I, I love the ceiling. Maybe he's in a Sahi Tagala camp where it's, uh, it could be kind of up and down. Yeah, I was going to say, Rick, I, th- there's a lot of upside here with some of these guys that are just not going to carry any ownership. And I think Wyndham Clark is one of them. By the way, two top 20s here over his last four. So certainly seems like a comfortable spot for him. I think Wyndham Clark, I mean, look, Adam Hadwin's right there. JT Poston, uh, you can just go up a little bit to, you know, Tom Hoagie, obviously. There, there's some really good ownership, like pivots in the 8K range specifically. JT Poston has finished exactly, exactly T21 in three straight starts. Yeah. Has gained strokes off the T in each one, approach on each one. Hasn't putted great, but usually putts better here. Uh, and then I'm just going to keep an eye on Taylor Pendrith. So I don't think this is a great spot for him, but we're now seeing that 2023 debut. I'm very excited about Taylor Pendrith in 2023. I just want to see what he does. I'm not expecting great things. I just want to be reminded to look at him on Sunday night. Yeah. Um, Not not Saturday night, Sunday night. Big fan of Taylor Pendrith. So we'll see how he, we'll see how he performs this week, but I think there's too much for me to get there. Yeah, I, I I think there's going to be there's going to be like nine great setups for him. I don't think this is one of them. Yeah, I tend to agree. Yeah, I do love Taylor Pendrith. You swiped him from me in our in our draft a couple of weeks ago, and I was not very happy. I'm about very him. excited. Although I will say, don't confuse DFS and one and done. You can play the same guys every week that they play. Um, so don't feel like, well, I'll play him. I'll save him. Unless that you want true. to see yeah. some evidence. You don't, yeah, right? yeah, right. Right. Yeah. There's nothing stop. Trust me, there's nothing stopping you from rostering the same six guys every single week. <laughs> I think I other than their schedules. <laughs> yeah. Just horrible, horrible. Seven thousand dollar range. Interesting names. That's how I'm gonna describe this. Seventy nine hundred, Jason Day, Justin Rose. Goes all the way down to Bo Hostler, Ben Taylor. Danny Willett, Mark Hubbard, Nick Taylor. Nick Taylor is pretty good. And it's got names like Joel Damon, Harris English, Thomas Dietrich. There's a little bit for everyone here, Sia. So what little bit are you going to take? So there's like six guys I'm considering, but I'm only I'm going to name all six, but I'm only going to talk about three really quick. So let me tell you about the guys I'm not going to talk about that I kind of want you to convince me on. Miliano Grillo. No. Will Gordon, who I love every week. Yes. Um, let's see, Grayson Sig, who I think I might be out on this week. But the other two, I, I want to be convinced uh, to to play. The guys I, I think I want to play, though, Lipsky at 7,300. I still think Lipsky, he's a really great value. I think the upside is definitely there. He's he's flashed with elite ball striking, um, specifically approach play. Putter can go cold for long stretches, but, but again, I think the upside is there. And, and I think you can 
live with a cold putter here. I mean, you don't want to have a cold putter here, but I think cold putters can find some magic here. Uh, the other two guys I like are in that low end range. It's Matthew Neesmith. I think he's a really good course fit, but he doesn't have a really good track record here. Uh, but I know he can get really hot on approach. And so I'm willing to, and, and he can putt every once in a while. He can putt. I'm willing to take the chance there at 7,100. And then I'm going to go right back to Russell Knox at 7,100. Kind of underwhelming last week, barely made the cut and didn't do much over the weekend, but good history here. Approach, we know just from talking about him last week, the approach play and the putting can get really hot for Russell Knox. He's The upside's a little limited here, but I still like Russell Knox at 7,100. Uh, Russell Knox has gained strokes on approach and a lot of them in like seven of eight no maybe like eight of nine that's a that's a pretty good stretch pretty on brand for russell just gotta can't give up three off the tee can't do it cannot do it (laughs) uh all right greg the entire 7k range is available to you i've got a couple of names that i've got highlighted but where do we want to start here all right i wrote down uh i wrote down six names as well ironically um i'll read them first jason day joel damon Thomas Dietrich, Ben Griffin, Callum Taron, and Grayson Sig. So uh, I don't think we have to go through all of them. Jason Day, I'm very curious to see. And again, at 7,900, he may get kind of squeezed out because I like, uh, you know, the Desert Fox so much and I, I'm going to have to play him in every lineup. So I he may get squeezed out just based on uh, the, the way the pricing sets up. But I, I am very curious to see what happens with Jason Day's iron play. Uh, it, it was very good from July all the way through until November. And then he's taking a little break. So are we going to see that continue? That's a long enough stretch where I say yes. Um, but, I, but I'm still curious to see what happens with him. Um, Hang on with Jason Day for a second. Yeah. Strokes gained, course rotation. So that is Pebble Beach, Farmers, and this event, the American Express. Dating back to 2019, there are only, I'll say, four golfers with at least 24 rounds that gain more than two strokes per round. It's John Rahm, it's Patrick Cantlay, it's Tony Finau, and Jason Day. Yeah, Uh, that's a cool stat. But it I probably, think a it lot probably I, doesn't mean anything. No, I don't think it does this week because what really where Jason Day really makes his hay is, it, I mean, regardless of the course rotation, it's Pebble Beach and mm-hmm. it's Tory uh, Farmers, right. which are both course rotation courses. So his record here is uh, nowhere near what it is there. He is a tied 49th finish last year um, where he didn't hit the ball very well at all. So um willing to take a chance on it. But like I said, not my favorite. I'm really watching him because I think those next two events are primo Jason Day territory. And if we see a nice ball striking, a nice solid performance out of him this week, I think those next two weeks he could be, I mean, his price could go way up with a strong finish this week. So I'm a little more willing to go early on him, but we'll see. Um, now, Joel Damon, next on my list at 7,600. I love the way he ended last season. Um, it was phenomenal. I tied third at Mayakoba, tied ninth in Houston, tied fifth at the RSM Classic, and he really got something straightened out. I mean, look at what happened before that. It was, <laughs> uh, it was really bad. Um, I mean, 
it was really it was really bad for a while and he figured it out and it got really good so i'm i'm very curious to see how that pans out uh when you look at his record here it's not very good which is why when i wrote his name down i put a big question mark next to it because he's missed the cut three times here um and one of them wasn't really by much so again i'm somewhat hesitant on that uh, and I wanted to ask you, Rick, about Thomas Dietrich, because I know oh, you were on him towards the end of last season. Um, we have some great results from him. But as far as recent form goes on the PGA Tour, we don't have a great uh, vantage point, but it's been pretty good. Yeah, so there's a lot to kind of go through and digest with Thomas Dietrich. First off, the stats that we do have show that he's a very good putter, which is nice. And he is at least mostly adequate everywhere else. He had one really bad start uh, in Spain. Outside of that, it's been really good. His season, so that starts at the Fortinet, is five PGA Tour events, four top 15s in his PGA Tour season. He just played in that hero cup, which was last week, the European tour, it was continental Europe versus I think it was GB and I, and he was on the winning side. Now that's where the narrative starts, Greg, because I mean, how often do we talk about the post president's cup boost, the post rider cup bump, right? It's like these guys get together. They have a really great week. They, in, in Dietrich's case, they, they won. And now he gets to go back and kind of take, any lessons that he learned and he was already playing well. Right. And he's been playing well for a while. Yeah. So I I feel like his confidence is um, very likely to be high. I typically don't go with, uh, you know, part-time PGA tour players. I'll I'll say that. He has a a full tour card. Yes. He just uses it differently than everybody else does. He uses it differently. (laughs) So it feels a little, you know, and I understand what he's doing. I'm not not saying anything in a negative way at all. It just, you don't know what, it's harder to track the the worldwide schedule rather than just a PGA Tour schedule. So I tend to stay away because I have my doubts and experience has given those to me. But Dietrich seems to be a guy who's uh, defied those in a way that a Rory McIlroy has done, a John Rahm has done, right? Without the wins, he has been a very good PGA Tour player uh, while also playing on the DP World Tour. And that's a rare thing. Uh, It's it's a very rare thing. So I like that. I want to go to one more guy in the 7K range who I am quite fond of. And it's Callum Taron. Yeah. Um, He's 7,200. His last start was a tied second. Uh, He finished 26th the week before that. And I think that Callum Taron is a guy with uh, unreal upside. And I'm really excited to see what his year brings this upcoming year. Because I think it could be quite good. Uh, And I think he could be a a rising star on the PGA Tour. He might win this. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Absolutely not at all. We've talked about this a lot where he is just very boom or bust, uh, but he's been booming a lot more recently. And I mean, his, his, the rate in which he gains two or more strokes to the field is the same as Brian Harmon's. It's the same as some of these guys that you would say are objectively, I mean, it's the same as him and Taylor Montgomery. Him and Taylor Montgomery gained two strokes to the field at the same rate. Now, Taylor Montgomery gains 
three and five more frequently, but like it, he's, he's seems really, really close to oh, one. I mean, just listen, these are strokes gain total numbers. I'm just going to run down and read them. It's a little more boomer bust than I'd like, but I think he's developing into the boom more than the bus. So uh, 11.42, 5.61 lost 8.6 lost 3.7.21 uh, point six, uh, 6.92, not point 6.92. Then he lost 4.7, lost 5.2, gained 4.3, gained 5.6, gained 10.48, gained 6.5. And then with one event in between, he gains 10.67 at the John Deere as well. So uh, uh, that to me is it's it's win equity. And I like the trend. I agree with you. I agree with you. I like I like the way he's playing. This could be a pretty good spot for him. A little bit of chaos might work well for Callum Tarrant. Okay, we'll go yeah. to the 6K range. Before we do that, the uh, the Corn Ferry is actually, they're on right now, right? They, they've been playing, oh God, I'm going to screw this up. Sunday through Wednesday, this week and next week in the Bahamas. They just suspended for darkness. Any guesses who's in the lead? Been following this? Anybody been following this? No. Tracking mm. it, tracking it. But I love this schedule. So do I. Think I. It's a great idea. So do I. Akshay is going nice. back oh, for again. more. He's going back for more. Good yeah. For him. Yeah. Tied at the top. There's a couple guys who could catch him at the end of round two, but he's he's done. Tied at the top, trying to de- this is this is his title defense. Yes, this is a title defense. Good for him. That's for uh, him. exciting news. Yeah. Hey, hey, Rick, real quick. I want to modify my answer because I mentioned Naismith and Knox at the low end of the 7K range, and they're fine. But have you guys seen what Ben Taylor and Ben Griffin have been doing? Yeah, the because Bens are smoking hot. The Bens are ben smoking Griffin hot. I really liked. Well, check out Ben Taylor because it's more of the same. I'm just letting you know, like these two guys are, and it's a very small sample size, but it, those are two guys you might want to be early on. The ball striking has been excellent, and the uh, the putting can spike too. Here's Ben Taylor, T4 in Sony, T21 RSM, third place in Houston. Those are just his last three. Ben Griffin, Ben Griffin's fall. I think he missed the first cut. I think he missed the cut at Fortnite, and then since then he's been. Dynamite. Uh, no, he made pop- the cut at Fortnite. He made the cut in every one. No, I missed the cut at Fortnite. And he's made every cut after that. He did? I, I got him. Oh, I'm looking at Grayson Sig. It has a oh, oh, Greg, you had me scared. Well, Grayson Sig, by the way, has made every cut since the Wyndham. But the upside isn't there with Sig. I think that's the problem. The, the, the two bends are finishing like, you know, really well compared to Grayson Sig. Yeah, that's a great point. I totally agree. Don't talk about the bends, says Dave in the chat. Also, Joseph makes a good point. What, has there been a Corn Fairy title defense, a successful Corn Fairy title defense? That's got to be absurdly rare because if you win, yeah. you're very likely to graduate. And if you graduate, you're not going to go back and play an event you want. Yeah, that's a good point. There might never be a, there might have never been a Corn Fairy title defense. Well, we'll have to look into that. I okay. don't uh, know that off the top of my head. How dare you not know that? Yeah, I'm, I know it's surprising. $6,000 and below or above, I guess, in this case. Adam Long, past champion, 6,900. Carl Yuan, he was in that uh, opportunities, gains conversation. Kevin Yu makes more birdies than anybody. They're all 6,900 bucks uh, all the way down. Oh, let's see who's been priced this week. Kyle Stanley. He actually withdrew. 
No, he didn't. Oh, yeah, he darn. Did. He's out. Dylan Wu is in. That was uh, just a bit ago. John Pock, remember him? He was at the top of the college standings, Florida State guy. Nick West Watney, Bryan. Scott Harrington, uh, Trevor Werbola. Wes Bryan's in the field. Mm-hmm. Max McGreevy isn't terrible at a flat 6K. All right, we'll start at the top and see what happens. Um, <laughs> all right, see ya. We've got some names. We've got some value. Where should we head? I don't like this range, and I don't think you have to go into this range for this tournament. And it's partly because of how much I like the 8 and 9K range. But Troy Merritt towards the top there. I, I like him. Can get really hot on approach. The putter is obviously an issue for Troy Merritt. But uh, I think he's some – I don't I don't want to say good value, but if you're going to go into the 6K range, I think he makes sense as we pull up the metrics here because – Yeah, you can, you can see that he is kind of very much – up and down. He made the cut at the Sony, gained six strokes on approach, gave most of that back around the green. Yeah. Yeah. That's odd combination. Very Sorry. interesting losing that much uh, in the short game with the around the green putter. But w- what we see here is the spike with the putter. I mean, he'd have to have a miracle, excuse me, a spike with the approach, <laughs> a downward spike with the putter. Uh, the only other guys I even want to actually, only one other guy I'm going to mention. Um, he has decent history here. I was on him last week to my detriment. It's Lucas Glover. He was 7,000 last week. He's 6,700 this week. I liked him last week. I'm not going to just, if I have to go down here, I'm not just going to come off of him just because of uh, of a bad week. Obviously, the putter, he has a bad week with that every single week. But again, he's another guy that can get hot on approach. And because he has decent history here, I'm trying to correlate those two things. So I think at 6,700, you could do worse. Uh, update. Taylor Montgomery won the 2020 and 2021 Nevada Open. Apparently, how about Lakers that? Taylor. Is that because they lumped that? They made that one big season, right? Um, you know what else Over. happened to, to Taylor Montgomery? He finished 26th and didn't uh, get his card. Got it. So, so, so that win, a win did not guarantee he graduated, right? One does not. Um, and it was close. And I think I'm going off a of memory here, I think he was 26th in the playoffs as well i think you're right i think he finished one spot out in both um but hey that extra year i guess it did pretty well for him yeah it's like stay, it's like staying in school an extra year and now now you're going to be rookie of the year yeah. so and, and actually getting smarter yes right exactly uh all right greg the six k's are all yours my friend all right i got uh two guys that i have liked for a while and i like their price uh, i like what i saw last week out of them it's Carl Yuan and Kevin Yu. Uh, not necessarily in that order. I actually don't really... I, my preference is probably more Kevin Yu. Um, he went to Arizona State. He was a superstar there. Um, and and he played really nicely last week. He finished tied 21st, gained 3.6 uh, with the putter, gained four off the tee, which he typically does. Uh, the approach play has to get cleaned up a little bit, but he's shown that potential. So with, with these young guys, I don't see uh, that like the identity isn't quite made yet. And I'm a lot more comfortable going down here in the 6K range and taking a chance on a guy like this when, you know, I, like I, I don't like seeing back-to-back loser losing weeks in an in approach play. But I think Kevin Yu can 
kind of figure some things out because he's so young in his PGA Tour career. Um, Carl Yuan doesn't have anything to figure out when it comes to his ball striking. It's phenomenal. And I'm very, very, very willing to go back. So these two guys, I'm kind of playing, if they're in the 6K range, I'm going to be playing them week in and week out until further notice. The um, I think it was Friday night we were talking about Kevin Yu who made nine birdies. No, that was Yuan. Oh, excuse me. That was Carl Yuan making nine birdies in, in obviously 18 holes. So he finished 21st in the tournament, but I think he was like 11th or 12th in fantasy scoring because it was just like, I mean, he had, he had, he he made two doubles. Yeah. He had more fantasy points than guys who finished like T seven or something like that. He had a crazy, it was a crazy scorecard. You should go back and look at it. Um, He had all those birdies. He had an Eagle. He had two doubles. He had a bogey. It was, (laughs) he shot 65 with two doubles and a bogey. It was crazy, Um, which is great for fantasy. So I I love that upside. And and I think these guys are really talented. They were two of my favorites coming out of the, well, you on more so than Kevin, you, but two of my favorites coming out of the corn Ferry tour last year. And uh, it's taken them a little while, but I think they're getting their feet under them. So I'm sticking with them for the time being. Um, One more guy I want to get your thoughts on. Because that's not too deep into the 6K range. They're both 6,900. Eric Van Royen. Mm. (laughs) Now, it looks really, but really bad. I was going to say, has anything changed since the last time I looked at this? (laughs) (laughs) No, which is the reason why I bring it up. Um, Nothing's changed because he hasn't played, right? Or or did he play? Did he play? He played the Alfred Dunhill. Okay. Ah. So he, he played did. in South Africa. He played in South Africa. Here's the thing. Okay. When you're I, Eric see, Van Royen, I didn't see that. Yeah. When you're Eric Van Royen and you have a PGA Tour card and you go back to South Africa to play the Open Championship and you miss the cut, that is very bad. Yes. All right. I'm glad we looked at that because on the uh, I, I don't have his international play on what I'm looking at here. I thought maybe the time off, he'd see some correction. That is not the sign I was hoping to see. So I'll back out of that. So then let me go to one other pivot. Um, a guy I've loved for a long time, played great last week. He's at 6,600 and could be a nice value, Aaron Badley. No, I'm out on Harris English. <laughs> I, no, I thought you were going to say Harry Hall. <laughs> no, bads. Aaron Badley. Yeah, he's been, he's been playing much better. T6 in Bermuda, T7 at the Sony. Uh, one missed cut in there, but that was that was a well-rounded finish at the Sony. He gained strokes yeah. across the board, which is something that like he's kind of flirted with recently. He's yeah, yeah. he's he's playing well enough. He he also made a change, but uh I think the first time we saw it was in Bermuda. I'm not sure he was on TV at the Fortinet. I'm not sure when exactly he made this change, but I know it was before Bermuda. He made a, a change in his setup position. He closed the stance a little bit. Uh and so he made an alteration with his coach that I think is paying off. I think he's got some confidence. I I don't think this is a flash in the pan improvement out of him. So uh, again, I'm not saying he has win equity. I I don't know if he can win this week, but uh, at 6,600, I think there's a chance he, um, he plays pretty well. Gentlemen, I think it's about that time. We, Bop on over to our strokes gained narrative lineups. This is where Sia tweets out, hey, send me your strokes gained narrative lineups. And then 
someone takes the sponsor or the location or something vaguely related to the tournament that is happening this week and creates some type of narrative around it. So do we have these somewhere? Okay. Oh, okay. Are these the only three that we have? Right. Yeah. TJ at Lakers Taylor. Oh, has gone with the American Express route. What my wife would buy if she got a hold of my Amex. Sure, it's the black card, TJ. You'll be fine. A double bathroom vanity sink. C-I-N-K. Nice. A bouquet of roses. Justin Rose. This is good. Ramen noodles. <laughs> John Rob. The whole Barnes and Noble. Barnes capitalized. That's uh, Eric Barnes, I believe. Mm -hmm. Lower bowl tickets to Taylor Swift. That could be Taylor Montgomery. Right? Taylor uh, Nick Taylor. Taylor Moore. The Nick last, Taylor? Name, last fit, name thing. Fits for, fits for anybody, I guess. Nick Taylor, by the way, this is Nick Taylor's season. He's good here. Yeah. He's good at Pebble. Uh, he played well last week. He did. He's, sw he's swinging good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well. Yeah, okay, you know, I always get corrected at home because I don't know the difference between farther and further. No, I don't know the difference between saying fewer or less. Mm. And I get in trouble at home for that all the time. Well, I'll tell you, farther and further, it, it, far farther is a measure of distance uh further is the continuation of a sentence you know you want to hit the ball farther you want to hit it far farther little trick there because a lot of people mess up farther and further i also always say oh three is less than five it's fewer than i don't i don't know that one well my so wife will tell you yeah, so less is when you well it, on <laughs> that one. More? I think that's really nitpicky, but less is you use less. <laughs> Thank when you. you. I'm you clipping can't. this, Troy. Can we clip this, please? <laughs> less is when it's not really quantifiable. If you can actually count it, then you would you would say fewer. But if it's like you know you're talking about like salt or something like in a like little salt shaker, you would say I want less salt, or you wouldn't say fewer salt. Right mm. there, you go. Where else can you get this type of analysis? We round out this Amex credit card lineup with a Duncan ice latte with cold foam. That's Tyler Duncan. Thank you very much. TJ Ryan, the fantasy bunker says, Hey, we head to the Coachella Valley this week, home to the famous Coachella music festival. Have you been see ya? I have not. By the way, this was one of two Coachella narrative lineups, but I, I only wanted to include one. We actually got like seven or eight uh, Strokeskin narratives, but these are the three this week. Send them in next week. You'll get on there for sure. A few artists who've headlined in the past. Have these guys all headlined? Is this, is this actually true? Knowing Ryan, he probably did his research on this one. So I'm guessing the answer is yes. Emiliano <laughs> Griloasis. <laughs> That's Oasis. I take. I actually. I actually know. The, I actually know who they are. I do not. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> Christian Bazaden Outcast. <laughs> you know who they are. Yes, of course. Guns and Justin Roses. Jason Ariana Grande. That's good. All right. Patrick. Can't Lady Gaga. 
<laughs> and AC D C Woo Kim. <laughs> That's great. That's good. Oh. I actually know. I actually knew all those. I, I didn't expect to know anybody. I knew them all. I'm, I'm happy about that. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. John Markowski, the goat, says La Quinta. La Quinta equals fifth in Spanish. Is that true? Yeah. Uh, well, that's Quince. the derivative of five for in Spanish. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's play on the number five. What in the world am I looking at? This says Stuart Sink. C-I-N-Q. Cinco. Oh. I guess. Oh, got it. E, capital V, R, V, Roman numeral. Mm-hmm. Wow. Got it. John. Jeez, John. <laughs> I'm like, this is uh, what? This is, this is like rate. a test. It's yes. a quiz. <laughs> John Rombo number five. A little bit of Sandra in the sun. That's <laughs> <number> five, right? <laughs> uh, This is outrageous. Will five gordon rings four calling birds three french and two right that's how it goes yeah kramer five hickok shadow five o'clock shadow wow and michael new kids on the block five baddest boy banders of all time oh my lord uh, the 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 rigors that i'm put through on this segment of the show that was tough. Yeah, they a, should, that's an exercise. We should have them. So they should they should record it, or come on live and have to say it themselves. Or we Ooh. should have them send videos in. That's a fun wrinkle. Wow. I just get stuck here saying all the crazy stuff I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> These are good though. They're all. They're actually. They're all very good. Yeah. I'm actually. We're gonna ke- we're gonna queue up a song with lyrics soon with uh, Gigi performing. Maybe in the oh, next nice. few weeks we'll we'll have a we'll have a performance. That way I can get something out of my head other than Smotherman. <laughs> yeah, about that. right. Lives rent free. <laughs> all right, boys. Uh, anything else before we get out of here? No, no. That's all I got. All right. Uh, Mega preview pod tomorrow. That's Tuesday, depending on when you're listening to this. You'll need to get your one-and-done selection in if you're a fan slash listener by 5 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday. There's a link in the description. Go get your pick in right now. Big thanks to producer Troy. Does all the hard work behind the scenes. Greg Ducharme, available on Twitter at the Real GFD. That's Sienna Jod at Sienna Jod. And you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been The First Cut. We'll catch you next time. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.